Extremely close to him. Never liked the man. There's four people sitting there looking at us. Two of them holding their hands with really solid looks at their faces. Again, I thought the worst, yeah. Hi everyone and welcome back to Melanoma Truths. So, wow, the first podcast went off really, really well. Appreciate everyone's support. Um, been really, really impressed with it uh, so far. And um, just want to say a big thank you to everyone that actually took the time to listen. Um, and hopefully we're going to be going through this together, like I said on my first one. And just experiencing um, different stages throughout all of this together. Um, and like I said on the first one, um, although it's a journey that we feel that we're on our own, we are going through this together as well as um, with our partners if you do have them, um, especially from the early stages like myself. Um, so Dean is with me at the moment and he is going to be our guest speaker for today. So I'll introduce you. I'm just going to pre-warn you because I love my husband, but my God, has he got a bit of a sick sense of humour. So I'm just going to put that out there right now. Rude. <laughs> um, because I do apologise in advance for any really, really bad jokes. Usually dad jokes, are they, Dean? That's really bad to warn people. <laughs> uh, usually dad jokes. So, um, But yeah, so Dean is here. I've been with Dean for just coming up to 15 years this year, and we've been married for 13 years. Not really sure how we've done that, do you? Miracle. Miracle, absolute miracle, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to literally go back to the start um, and, and go right back to when... Well, no, don't actually... When, when our eyes first met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, don't want that bit. Just going back to the beginning about how unaware we both was about melanoma. Um, we knew nothing, did we, about it? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Um, until it came into our lives and I think even when it came into our lives with dad we still even when I remember when dad got diagnosed the first time and it when he found that mole I still remember being quite scared but we didn't know the depth of it did we at it's all because at the time he recovered yeah he did didn't he? so yeah. we automatically associated melanoma it's no big deal you get it cut out yeah onwards and upwards really and I think that's another thing that we could all relate to can't we is that that word um that usually people that don't understand melanoma would relate back to is you just cut it out and, and that's the end of it and and that's how skin cancer is looked at um i'd like to think that it's changed a little bit more since we we know well, we know a lot more about it now but that's how i feel a lot of people look at it and that's the frustration from my side it's important though as well that a lot of the time it is the case you do get it cut out and it is the end of it and people are fortunate to have that but yeah 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 no definitely there are a few obviously that are out there that, like I've said before, that um, have been diagnosed at stage one and two, and and they've been ten years and it's never come back. You know, fifteen years, twenty years. I'm talking. Mm. So there are them cases, but I'm looking at it from a person, another person's point of view. If if you say to someone, "Oh, I've I've had skin cancer," yeah. you usually get that. Blase, isn't it? It's very blase. It's oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, you're fine. You look yeah. fine. You you know, but it's the it's the other side of it of dealing with the well being told so we're going to go back to um obviously losing dad you was very close to dad wasn't you extremely close to him never liked the man (laughs) and there goes the first joke (laughs) (laughs) um so dean was extremely close to my dad he i'd known dean previously for about three to four years before i'd got with dean and he was a friend of the family so he was very much within our group so he knew my dad before me and dean even got together so you'd known 
um, when my dad passed away, when um, he passed away, you'd known him for about 15 years. So we spent a lot of time with him. Obviously, he used to manage us at football and stuff for years before, even before we got together. He was my old football manager and football coach. Um, so we'd spent hours in vans up and down the southeast, mm. playing wherever. Yeah. So, yeah, we... Um, and yeah, I think having two girls, he kind of opened you with welcome arms, didn't he? Having a couple of boys in the family so we yeah. could get stuck into the whole football. He got a bit too close sometimes. <laughs> It's quite handsy. Another, another one. <laughs> quite handsy. <laughs> um, so, obviously, losing dad, like, was everyone was affected, wasn't they, in the family? Um, but I always, I always say this, and I think until I come out of it, I didn't actually realise that Dean was affected massively. Apart, you know, a, a, with it all, wasn't you? But because yeah. you was on the outside, almost, we didn't. You didn't have enough time to grieve. I don't think. Would you agree? Maybe. I mean, at the time, it's important to remember that, that the family was, was really close-knit and, and Jeff was the nucleus of it all, really, in mm. my opinion. So, at the time, the focus was rightly so on on the immediate family. Yeah. My role and, and my family, my mum and dad and my brothers, all they made it clear to me was be there for you guys. Yeah. That's all I got. Anytime I needed to vent or have a little moment. Yeah. And I just went out of my way to make sure that anytime I did need a little cry or have a little sort of feel sorry for myself for a minute or two, I made sure that none of you lot are going to be around to see it because yeah. you had nothing on your plate dealing with what you were going through. The last thing you needed was sitting me, watching there, sitting me going through it. Mm. So I thought, I'm just going to hold tight. And yeah, and obviously you were there for quite a lot of it, wasn't you, towards the end as well, mm. and Dad was in the hospice and stuff. Um, and I think still then, we still didn't know the impact um, of what melanoma was really, did we? We still, still to that day, even losing him to melanoma, we still... We thought he had bad luck, didn't we? We kept saying, oh God, that it's, it's really unlucky yeah, that it's come that back. Me, the thing that got me by, didn't it? It was almost, you didn't really associate it with melanoma. It was no, just cancer. Yeah. It was, it was more than melanoma then, wasn't it? Yeah. But you forget where it came from. Yeah. And, and that's what we, we, we still then, was just, oh God, he's, you know, he's really unlucky it's come back. And, my, you know, we, I still now do say that he was unfortunate that it did return. And like I've said before in my first podcast, that there are people living with stage four cancer and there are people that have been diagnosed with stage one and it, and it has never returned. Mm. So um, again, I must stress that as well. Dad was slightly um, on that kind of small percentage of people that um, that it did return, didn't and that's, it? That's the main thing that impacted us, especially when it, when it came to you getting diagnosed with it. As a family, we'd only experienced it from one person yeah. who died because of it. Yeah. So we automatically thought, shit. Yeah. Oh, um, it's only one outcome. Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. When obviously there's a lot more positives out there to it, especially now, with, you know, it's an old cliche about medicine and... Yeah, there's... Oh, God, yeah. Because like. immune therapy was, was about, wasn't it? But it wasn't nowhere near what it is now. Yeah. But Dad didn't have that many options, did he? And we, and I know that from doing my research about melanoma, that the, the uh, treatment side of it and the medical side of it has definitely definitely improved over the last um, five to six years. But knowing him, he would have probably complained about it anyway, because he was doing more than everyone else anyway, didn't he? He was always right, he? Yeah, he was always right, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, moving on, obviously, we lost Dad to it, and our lives just continued, didn't we? I mean, I was on a bit of a grief, tra grief train, wasn't I? Which was fun, yeah. <laughs> Which was fun, and I think that um, I, I actually went very off the rails, didn't I, you know, with, mm. with certain things, and, you know, I can st stand here now and say that was obviously part of my journey. Um, and everybody deals with grief differently. Um, I, I didn't see it coming, nowhere, nowhere near. Didn't didn't think I was ever going to lose my dad at 34. Um, and I looked around, and many people still had their parents. So I I was I was a bit angry as well. I think, mm. you know, your your parents are in their 70s, and I now I look at, and I think, well, why couldn't I have my yeah, dad yeah. around till he was 70? You know, I mean, he was we, 59. We say this a lot. My, my dad's lifestyle 
through his own choice is that he by rights he shouldn't be here no, yeah. <laughs> he's lived like an absolute rock star yeah. <laughs> and he's still yeah. ticking over yeah. but. and dad was kind of he wasn't like well he was actually he was quite a healthy person wasn't he really yeah, yeah. Mm. you know he didn't really um, he was always in his football he was healthy he was fit he wasn't overweight he was just like just a normal average bloke didn't smoke didn't drink so yeah just just one of them one of them situations um, and then fast forward obviously in the December um 18, um, I come to you and said that I'd found a mole that I didn't like the look of. Mm. Do, you, do you remember me coming to you at all? My, my first initial reaction was that it was just domino effects. I, I genuinely thought, we're just doing this now because you're paranoid about what happened to your dad. Really? Because yeah. I mean, a lot of the problems with moles, and we know this a lot better now, naked eye-wise, it's hard to see. Especially mm-hmm. if it's someone showing you one, like you've done to me loads of times, but mm. over the years now... I know what I'm looking for a lot better than I did back then. So yeah. back then I was like, mm, I don't see it, but if you see it, then we got to do something about it. Well, and we just went through it, and we just, we went, just through went from there, yeah. So obviously I went to my my first appointment, and I remember coming out of that appointment, and he said to me, I'm really sorry, we're going to have to be putting this through mm. as fast track, uh, probably under stage one. And I just, well, I come back to it, and I, and I was like, what? And then you, 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 your face changed then, didn't it? Because yeah. then... It went from Lisa's going to check a mole because she probably might be a bit paranoid about it because of dad. To hang on a minute, this is actually quite serious, you know. Like, and we, we're we're now on that journey um, that you know we didn't expect to be on. So, and that was the first kind of the thing. I, the thing I remember from that is when it actually went. It got confirmed when we went to the doctors and he confirmed it. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? When he was waiting so for the So I was gonna I was gonna talk about that. Yeah. So we we got the we waited six weeks, didn't we, for the results, yeah. I remember. And that was probably one of the worst six weeks I think we've had in a very long time. But it, it wasn't it, actually confirmed until we walked into the room, was it? No, yeah. It was we, so we didn't have, yeah, so blase. So we got the results, we got the call and he said, Can you come in? Didn't mm. he? And that was it. We well, both... he asked if you were free and you said when and he said today. Oh yeah, yeah. And, then we, then and that we went, was it, wasn't it? Fucking we thought this is really bad, you know. So then um, we went in and I remember God, I remember sitting in the hallway and that, my hands was just sweating mm. you know and I was thinking oh my god he is going to give us the worst news because why on earth does he want to see me today yeah he rushed in what is it so, what's so important that he needs to see me today but there was nothing on telly in the waiting room either no <laughs> like you're talking about how the other half deal with it and had a partner deal with it there was Bit no day one. Would killed anyone, would it? <laughs> yeah what I mean? uh, so we was waiting outside wasn't we and then we got called in and he, well, he was he was running on time i think but we walked in do you remember the conversation he, he was running he was on time which was a lovely surprise yeah. um but he was on the phone when we walked into the room um ordering the his lunch just eat driver couldn't find the surgery yeah so he was ordering his lunch and then when he finally put the phone down and apologized i'll never forget it he yeah went, me neither. Right, um yeah the mole um melanoma um, but we're, we're well, no, confident. he said the word cancer first. He said it's cancer, and he said, yeah, melanoma, but we're confident we've got it all. And then he just went, um, so, yeah, um, that was it. And yeah. we were like, we, we, we just, just looked at each other. We just, just looked at each went, what do you mean? Well, yeah. he said it so blasé, he just literally put the phone down to, from ordering his lunch, looked, turned to me and said, yeah, no, it, it, it's cancer. And I just and we just both yeah. went, okay. I went white. Dean nearly fell off his chair. And it was kind of a moment where we go, okay this is cancer so what stage are we looking at and that was one of the first things we said wasn't it yeah okay you're he was very very blase about it which i feel that you just said we're confident we got it all didn't tell us what it was i know but like from a person who's receiving that news yeah to receive that news from him he gives out that news every fucking day of his life do you get what i mean like 
Um, but from someone who's receiving that, who's just previously lost their dad to the same cancer, it could have been dealt with a little bit differently, in yeah, my eyes. It should have been a, it a, should have been a, bit, more, a bit more delicate. Like, but he didn't know about the dad, did he? No, well, that's, he that's, that's the thing. That's been an ongoing thing as well, when it is, is the kind of the research and the notes or stuff before you actually turn yeah. up for these appointments. We've experienced that a few times. And that I mean, will go into the second mile as well, which yeah. we'll get into in a, in a moment, and we walked into the I room. D- I mean, I just remember that day, going to bed that night, and I couldn't shake the feeling of, I wonder what you got for lunch. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't shake it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was just, oh you know, it's through, through, through such a fuss. <laughs> I couldn't uh, believe let's it. Let's just hope it was a good lunch, because <laughs> me and you walked out there feeling pretty sick, didn't we? Yeah, I thought we didn't feel very hungry anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we we come out and then that was it. You came with me to get my wider excision, which you actually really enjoyed, didn't you? We had mm. such a lovely plastic surgeon, and the plastic surgeon that I had the first time, in fact, did my second mm. one with my second diagnosis and he was the what should I call the bedside manner is it was what you call yeah. it these days I mean he was just incredible wasn't saying, he, exactly he was, I walked into the room didn't I and he took his time with me and he, he asked because I've got a tattoo on my leg of uh, in memory of dad and the the mole was found underneath the tattoo wasn't it yeah so he asked me what the what the tattoo was and I explained it and he was gobsmacked wasn't mm. he completely gobsmacked and he was a case of like oh my god and then as soon as he found out that dad had lost his life to melanoma i think the atmosphere in the room changed a little bit didn't it we because we were telling the, him there and then yeah we? because then even the nurse kind of mm. sat up straighter and was like wow okay these, these two have been through quite a bit you know yeah. like this is a little bit more than just your average patient who's found a mole and it, it's you know early stage of melanoma so and he was fantastic and then he even allowed dean to stay in the room and um, you had a good nose didn't you in in the in the scar you're, you're making it sound like a weirdo or something <laughs> well no you did that dean was disgusting what you did I wasn't taking note what do you mean what did i do i didn't well, do anything yeah but he allowed you to look in the, in in like my scar like right. it was, my, it was for everyone open. listening i just want to put this into real life context now yeah <laughs> I walked around the bed. I went, yep, yeah, oh, that's that's really good. Yeah, but you Thanks. said you saw a bone. No, I said I saw inside your leg. It's oh, a big okay. difference. <laughs> See, that sounds weird as well. Like, but but yeah, I didn't I didn't poke it. No, I didn't do anything no. like that. Well, I don't, I, what I'm saying, from my point of view, I don't think I could have I'd done that. So anyway. Um, so yeah, weird. Dean was in the room with me. <laughs> uh, and he had... Um, yeah, he was there. He had he had a good eyes. He took pictures and everything. Did he? he was really cool, wasn't he? He allowed us to take pictures. He was really open with it. Obviously, yeah. we couldn't take none during, though, I believe, or something like that. Anyway, I told him about the um, uh, the stuff that I do on Instagram and Facebook and that, and he was he was really really supportive of it. Um, so then that was the operations. And when we got the all clear, didn't we? Yeah. Um, from the wider excision, which for me was a massive massive relief. But I feel like that was the start of my journey. I feel like afterwards there was a few massive up and downs, wasn't there? For it's me, from, it's from from my point of view. Like as it goes on and stuff, you kind of it's actually it sounds really random thing to say, and obviously it's, I've never been diagnosed and stuff. But for me, the the hardest part isn't actually the diagnosis side mm-hmm. of it or dealing with that. It's actually waiting between diagnoses oh and waiting yeah. in between appointments. Like yeah. six, seven, eight, nine weeks, whatever it is. Sometimes I think one of yours was twelve weeks. One of them or something yeah. stupid like that. That's what I've noticed as a family or as a unit or as an individual. You sit there going, fucking hell, where yeah, are these results? I just want, like, want to get it over with, yeah. You know, you're just not sure if you feel like you're in limbo. But yeah, the, definitely the waiting for the results is, is by far the hardest part. But also as well, I feel like, like I said, I got the all clear 
Um, and it was kind of like, I remember, um, so, sorry, going, going back to, because I want to have a conversation about what me, you and mum discussed in Frankie mm. and Benny's. So I come out of the doctor's day, and my mum rang me and she was like, I want to come and see you, blah, blah, blah. So we went for, for lunch, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And at this point, I've come out of the dermatology ap- appointment and he said, it, it, you know, it was cancer, yes, Lisa, but we did get it at the early stages and we're happy that we are, we've got it all, but we are going to do a wider excision, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay. I come out of there quite numb and Dean come out of there feeling quite good, really, didn't you? Because in your eyes they'd got it all and you was fi- I was fine and it was the early stages and that was the best possible outcome that you feel that could have come out of it in yeah. your eyes. I mean since then as well it's, it's kind of a you got it's a, a coping mechanism I think every individual person goes a different way about it and we mm. notice now we know now your way of dealing with stuff like this with, with anything to do melanoma wise is you automatically get your head into that space of worst case scenarios so you've got no nasty surprises when the time comes. Mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. Mm. So for me to keep saying, I've got to think best case scenario. Yeah. And find, you know, if, if it works for us because it's a balance sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, I've got better with that though, yeah, haven't it, I? 100%. But that is, that is unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, that is unfortunately, I think, as patients, is what, what we do because that's natural. I mean, if, you, if you're if you on the receiving end of telling, someone telling you that you've got cancer, you automatically go to them dark places hmm. straight away. Well, I, I don't care who do you that. are. You, do, you go to them dark places, don't you? I think it's healthy to do that. Like you say, it's, it's good to get yourself ready for those worst case scenarios, mm. I suppose. But I mean, on that day, when we sat there, my point of view, once the guy had actually explained it, because obviously by then he knew his lunch was coming on time, so we decided to go for lunch because it made me hungry talking about lunch. <laughs> he, you kind of sit there and when he'd, when he'd explained it and you kind of go through the grades of it, yes it was as early as they can get it mm. you know yes we've confirmed it is cancer but we've got it as early as we possibly can so I've automatically yeah. gone great what a relief. so it hasn't yeah. had a chance to get any deeper which is all you wanted but then we come back we went to Frankie and Benny's and my mum had the same the same outlook as Dean but from my point of view I was really frustrated with their with the way that they both reacted and we've had an open discussion about this before I was really upset because they was both sitting there saying, yeah, but Lisa, this is the best case scenario. And I'm like, I don't really think you're getting where I'm coming from. I'm coming from a situation where the best case scenario for me would have been no cancer. Mm. The best case scenario for me would have been, he would have gone, that mole there was absolutely nothing. You have nothing to worry about. Get on with your life and I probably will never see you again. I think at the time, in the context of it, we we were like, even He was when, relieved that it was yeah, the, even the when lower we got stages. The results. So even when we went into the room to get the results, by then we kind of trained our naked eyes a little bit to do the comparisons with the moles, right? Mm. We kind of known that's changed too much. They've fast tracked it. He's called us in. Something's up. Mm. So from my mind, I'd already gone right. Well, going through what Jeff had happened to your dad. Yeah. Going through the fact that this has been fast tracked, and now he's asking you to turn up today. Something's not right. So, so you automatically in my head, I'm worse. thinking right. Worst case, then we're going down the same road as Jeff. Mm-hmm best case they've caught you early they'll cut it out just like they did with Jeff mm. and then we go and have lunch yeah delivered on time <laughs> yeah I don't know I just feel like sometimes um, from a patient's point of view when trying to explain to people the earlier stages I feel that I'm speaking more from because this is what I've been experienced um, is that um, you you do get a lot of people that, that just look at you as if you're overreacting but I feel yeah. that if it was say if it was breast cancer 
and um, it was a lower grade of breast cancer, you, you do tend to get people a little bit more sympathetic towards it. I just feel that that is that stigma attached to, that's my personal opinion, I think there's a stigma attached to skin cancer. Oh, it's not that serious, you'll cut it out, you'll be fine. Oh, you was the lower stages. That's Whereas I thing, know... That's the one thing I've, I've kind of opened my eyes to as well as we've gone through it as a family, even when, with Jeff to be fair, but it's almost like you need a massive scar running from yeah. the top of your head you need down to, to have, the tip of your tongue yeah, yeah. and have half of your skin removed you need to be having to go, chemo oh, to go yeah shit that's, that's a proper image yeah, like, yeah. one like, I think people underestimate like I mean we, we we're quite fortunate now the good things come out of this is our kids are mm. very conscious about skin cancer yeah you know? so even if one of them goes a few hours about putting block on or putting sun cream on or whatever they're very aware of the fact that they haven't done it yeah yeah so that's one good thing to come out of it. Well, stuff, this but. is where I want to stop it moving from the next generation. Mm. So it's gone from my dad. I, there was um, a, a thing that I read that there was a 50-50% chance it would go to me or my sister, and it's unfortunately come to me. Um, so I now carry that gene, I believe. I don't know. I've never been tested. I can get a test. I don't know if I want to know, if I'm honest. Will it make a lot of difference to my life? At the moment, no, because I've already been diagnosed. So, it, you know, it's neither here nor there, is it really? Yeah. We've, we spoke about this before. Do I it get the test done? It's a lot of um, And it is, yeah. So now I want to do is stop it from going to our children. And that's where we will then enforce the what we've what we've learned really yeah. isn't it over over the years and make sure they move forward educated enough to not make the mistakes that i did yeah. um, and that's that's solely what it comes so going back to that conversation I, I feel like um you and mum now understand where i was coming from yeah. in the sense of that i get where you was you was in a place where thank god she's okay and it was the lower stages and you know it's just a wider excision and she's going to be okay my head fucking hell no no way i was like this is not this is not the outcome that i wanted this this outcome should have been there's nothing there lisa and you're fine i'll, I'll probably never see you again goodbye mm. but it wasn't so now i got checked every three months didn't i not mm. not great but i did get checked and then it kind of just well we went on our lives for another what it was, what was well, it? it was well that was got your clear in april 2019 and then um, in well, the, the, no, it's the February this year, twenty one. Um, I had the mole mapping, yeah, this year, mm. yeah. So I had mole mapping done, and that came back fine. I've had two mole mappings yeah, done, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, I had the first lot done six months after finding the first mole, and then they said just go yearly, didn't they? So they was very blase about it again because it was the early stages. They was like, you know, just come yearly, you're fine. And it's not a case, like we mentioned, that it's not a case of people taking it seriously. I think people do take it seriously, but again, it's, it's, the, it's the gravity of it. It's the kind of how, how much or how serious it is before people really take the time about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that, wasn't it? And then... Uh, the day we moved, well, the week before we moved into our new house, I came up to you again and I said to you, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about this mole on my belly. Um, I'd been taking photos, obviously on top of my mole mapping pictures, I'd already taken photos as well. I got, de I got used to take loads of photos, didn't I? Because mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm going to keep on top of this. None really good. Rubbish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just a bit of advice for anyone out there taking a photo for a partner. For every 16,000 photos you take, <laughs> two should be okay. Just put that's it That's very true, actually. Um, <laughs> but you still take them, don't you? So, yeah. Well, that's what marriage is. Well, you I've know? trained up my daughter now to take them, so that's all good. She's been taking them. Um, so, 
we've moved obviously into the house and the day that we moved I got the phone call didn't yeah. I um, time that well didn't you oh my god so we I found them all the week before and they moved so quickly didn't they Dean yeah. so quickly this one and I and I feel that they moved quickly because of the previous history I think that the doctor saw the difference I took pictures and showed the previous picture and the current picture and he moved very very quickly I was seen within two days of me going to the doctors two days and I've never heard of anything like that before so very very lucky to be seen that quickly I went straight to the dermatology department and unfortunately the appointment landed on the day that we was moving into our new house well, I've, I've heard now, of people use some excuses to not move a few boxes but to get cancer, no, 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 but listen, listen, listen. to get skin cancer oh, just to avoid moving a box later. so we we Living. moved everything into the van didn't we and my appointment was at three o'clock in the afternoon now we're halfway through moving and I said to the, the girls, I've got to go to the hospital just for a checkup because they knew I was going to hospital anyway with my checkups and stuff. So they was like, oh, okay, mum, no worries. So I drove the van that we was with all of our stuff in the back to the hospital, parked it up in the, in the hospital car park, went to have my appointment and they confirmed that they did want it taken off. Um, and I got back in the van, put a smile back on my face when I got McDonald's with the kids and come back here, mm. and I didn't say a word, did we? No. We didn't tell anyone, we didn't no. tell the kids. And that was something that we decided to do because it was such a joyful day, or stressful, really stressful, mm. but we didn't want to tell them and bring the mood down. Yeah. So we decided to keep it to ourselves. We kept it to ourselves for, well, until we got the, oh, it got taken off actually really quick, didn't it? So that next week. They, she actually rung me the morning after being seen booked by the dermatologist and booked me in that friday i believe um and it was three four days later so oh my god it was moving so fast i almost didn't have time to process what was happening i knew that it wasn't right i looked at the bar and i knew it wasn't right so i was like right it needs to come off but um it just kept moving really quickly didn't it so we did that getting it removed um and then um i i just waited for the phone call and that dreaded phone call with no caller id so this was my when we went back for that one this is out of the whole thing experience wise this the moment we went back in for the results for this mole is probably the most the closest i've ever been to wanting to have a go at anyone in the nhs uh, in my life because uh, um, when we got called back in we walked into the room and there was a the doctor the nurse the cancer specialist nurse and an assistant or some sort behind that nurse and two lots of, them, of people sitting there looking at two us of them were sitting there holding leaflets about dealing with cancer right so when you put it into perspective that Lisa's had melanoma stage one previously, her dad passed away due to melanoma, you would have thought somebody would have taken the time, just have a little look over the screen, a little look over her history, a little look over the records, because they told her that she had melanoma stage one again. Now, we'd already dealt with stage one, we'd had stage one. So when they said it, we almost celebrated in the room, didn't we? Well, no, it's situ, this one. The second one situ, wasn't it? Well, like, we, yeah. we dealt with it, so we kind yeah, of... Yeah, so wasn't, we like, was, they, were they to... was looking at us very strangely when they told us that it was... She said it very, like, kind of, I'm really sorry to tell you, Mrs Costello, but, yeah, unfortunately, this this has come back as melanoma in situ, um, you know, and um, we're really, really sorry. And we both just looked at each other and we... We literally said, thank God. Uh, thank God for that. And, and they, and they, they really looked confused. really confused, and I was like... Do you not know my history? And, they, and she just looked at me really blankly and said, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't. And I was like, well, I lost my dad to melanoma and I've already been diagnosed. And she just 
Like, just all looked like, at each other. I sat there, like, because bearing in mind, and I said to you afterwards, when we walked in, where I opened the door, there's four people sitting there looking at us, with two of them holding their hands, with really solemn looks in their faces. And oh, I'm thinking, again, I thought the worst. Yeah. I mean, I had a flickering hope because I thought, shit, I might be single soon. That'd be good. But you know, it's just us <laughs> for another conversation. But the, um, <laughs> that's the only time out of the whole thing, and even including your dad, that he was treated brilliantly for yeah, the majority of yeah. it. You know, and they always are, but. I thought to myself afterwards, like... Yeah, that was, that was, it was a moment where up. it could have been a little bit more, yeah. And but again, wrong, I, think, don't, I think the first one Don't get me wrong, was... if you'd never been diagnosed, and you are, this is your first diagnosis, then yes, like the it's brilliant one. service, then yeah. that's exactly what you'd need, but someone pull up a screen somewhere, just have a little look, just say, look, before we call her in here, let's just have a little look and see what, what, the, what previous, the score is. Yeah. Um, well, that's because I, I was discharged. I yeah. was discharged after Which a year. Have I shouldn't have been. I should have been checked for three years. And I was discharged after a year, which again, oh, so angry with that, um, unbelievable. But they again just told me that I was going to be fine. Mm. And lo and behold, I found the mole by myself, um, just monitoring my body and keeping on my body. I've got moles all over my body, haven't I, Dean? I've got them everywhere, on my back, mm. on my legs, um, mainly on my torso and my back is where I get most of them. Yeah. I've got them. Um, so it is... It's just keeping on top of them, but I, yeah, I was I was discharged, and that's probably why they didn't ever see the notes. Mm. So going back to um, second mole came along, second mole came along. How did that? How did you take that news? Do you remember getting the phone call? Yeah, I remember it. Um, we walked to the hospital yeah. um, in the snow. In the snow, yeah. Just because we didn't, we wanted to walk, we wanted to clear our heads and stuff. But for me, because it came back as situ again. Um, we'd already been through it yeah. and in that difference in time I'd, I'd learned a bit more about it because obviously from my point of view I do come across and everyone knows me I'm quite blase sometimes and some, I mean I'm a husband so I've mastered the skill of selective hearing but <laughs> you also do take in a lot so I've done my own bit of reading and research and stuff like that and I've learned a bit since the first diagnosis and stuff so when it came back as a situ I was like okay I know, I know the protocol another routine did it not make you feel a little bit like fucking hell yes but again like, that's when you two know about in two it, years but this like... is where the difference in thought process comes in you know yes i'd know how serious it is i knew that from the do first do you think one. that's how men and women think though do you think like and then, i think I it's mean, an individual so... thing i think i can be to a certain extent but i genuinely think it's an individual thing i, I dare say there'd be loads of wives or girlfriends out there of partners and loads of husbands and everything else and they're the exact opposite you might get the person diagnosed feel best case scenario and the partner thinking getting ready for the worst because they yeah. need to for their family or whatever yeah. but me personally it's, it's a case of I'm, I'm a realist it's very much you can only deal with what's in front of you you've got tomorrow to deal with it and a day after that to deal with that yeah. and that's how you've got to go with it and I think that's, that's quite a good thing for a partner to be like though because I feel like if you wasn't like that I feel like my whole situation would feel a, a hell of a lot worse because I feel like if you were if I could see you worrying mm. and you going oh my god this is two in two years yeah. what are your fucking chances I mean, here exactly if you put that into perspective and again it's not saying anything anyone's doing it right or wrong but mm. let's, let's put it into perspective ways, you've had your it? second diagnosis mm. you're sitting in bed telling me how worried you are that you're ready for the worst i then say yeah you're right let's contact the funeral directors yeah and then you'd see where we're going mm. you'd see sort of the, the difference in it sort of thing. yeah so yeah. it's it's for me personally, I think it's we've not, and it's, it's not been a conscious thing. But it's just, that's your natural, side of yeah. it, yeah. That's just a natural way we find a balance. Yeah. Okay. So um, I've had a couple of questions that have come through, and some people are asking, um, "What would you advise um, a partner, as someone 
of someone that's in the same situation as that we're in. So, from what I've been through and the way I dealt with it, I had two two things really that I was kind of staying, keeping in my mind about it. One is try your best to find someone to talk to. Could be family, could be friends. Even if it's not even really talking for constructive advice or anything, just bringing up a subject. You'll get people that won't have a clue what to say. See, I don't, I don't, I don't think you talk about it. Everyone thinks that. See, I don't think. Yeah. See, I would never ever know. <laughs> oh, it's all coming out now, isn't it? So but I would, I would never ever know. That was going to be my second point. If you'd let me get to it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is also knowing those moments that you do need to deal with it on your own. I, me personally. Yeah, but so you talk to people about it then. So I you, did at the time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, who was that? She, she was a good girl. She was. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <It's> so nice. <laughs> um, it's so just, I would never have known that. I just always thought. But that again, you it, could, just it could be. It could be. But you've got your own family and friends that you can talk to about it, can't you? Yeah, exactly. That are on the outside of it. I mean, it's very hard talking to my family hmm. because obviously my mum has been through it and she's she's experienced the utter worst that can ever happen. Hmm. So it's very hard. But my mum's quite a positive person towards but it, my, all, isn't she? And that's the thing is like your mum's as strong as it gets with yeah. stuff like that, and that's undeniable. Whereas my family is, is very much like my mum and dad are from that little dark corner of the world where stuff like anxiety and mental health ain't really about yeah you just and, and, you and we've been raised it, yeah. that way like you I have, there's been a few times where you'd be ringing them or they'd ring you and you'd chat about it and stuff and it'd be the same thing be there for her be there for the family make them laugh find something to laugh about hence well, def- the twisted def- jokes yeah you, you always used to do that though in any awkward situation even even i remember being like diagnosed myself and stuff you always used to make jokes about it, and when we was walking to the hospital or coming out of the hospital, mm. we would. That that's how we got through a lot of it. Mm. Didn't a lot of our dark times were were a sick sense of humour yeah. through it all. And I feel like if you don't have that, if you don't laugh about certain things about this fucking shit show of a journey, like I said in my first podcast, you you otherwise it will just swallow you up. It literally mm. just swallows you up, and you end up becoming it rather it's than like, going through it. Do you get what I yeah. mean? I mean, like the, to, to answer the question, it's, it's, it's like, for, for me, my main focus was I'm not going to start being different. I can't be different because everyone's going to notice it. Mm. So regardless of what diagnosis it is, how good or how bad it is, and listen, I'm not putting myself in the same situation as anyone who's been diagnosed with it further along or, or on a more serious level, but if I'm going to change myself or I was going to start acting differently, you would be the first one to notice. Really, the yeah, kids yeah. would be the second one yeah, to notice. Yeah, yeah, we so would notice. Yeah, yeah. My, my priority was I'm going to deal with it in a way that comes naturally to me. It, I've, got, I've got it right sometimes, I've got it wrong sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But and it's just a learning curve, isn't it? it? That's exactly Because yeah. you, you don't know until you're and in it. I did learn it. from the first yeah, to the second. You did. I did learn. Yeah. And, you, and I'd, I'd say as a partner, I mean, that's was... your only job, really, is don't let it pass your by. If you, if it's happening, you got you got to be there while it's happening. Yeah. And be part of it. Yeah. Really. Be part of it as much as possible. Because I mean, there were some moments where I completely pushed you away, didn't yeah. I? I was like, no, like, yeah. just fuck off, leave me alone. I want to deal with this on my own. And then there was other times moments when I pulled you in, and I was like, actually, I can't, I can't do this. But the fruit bed again. The problem was then that by sometimes then when you wanted to pull me in, because you had pushed me away, I'm like, no. Nah. Yeah. And that's where the cross wires come in and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, there's another question saying, uh, "What would you? What's been the hardest part for you throughout the whole journey?" Watching you go through it. Mm. To be fair, I mean, like it's again, it's really hard to describe it sometimes. But when watching you have moments where you've had your diagnosis, or for me, the most heartbreaking moments are when you're having a good day, or it's been a good week, or you've had yeah. something nice to look forward to, and then you've just come out of the shower with a different look on your face, and you've noticed a new mum. Yeah. 
yeah. we've noticed the mould is changing. I'm like, it's the roller coaster, oh, isn't it? Like, you, yeah. you know, it's, it's there's no way of, of dressing it up or sugarcoating it. It's that's by far the hardest thing is, is watching you go through. Yeah. Because you can't do it. It's like when you're, you're in labour. It's like when you're in labour. Yep, I'll squeeze your hand. I'll carry on with my shit jokes because they seem to work. Mm. What else am I going to do? It hurts. Okay, push. Yeah. What, it's the same uh, approach, yeah, isn't it? What yeah. else am I going to do? Yeah, yeah there's, there's not much. And it, that is, I mean, I, I can only say from my point of view that you you literally was there when I needed you. And then also when I needed you to step away as well and you gave me that space. There have been many occasions where I just locked my door, mm. came up here um, and just and dealt with how I needed to deal with it. You know, But there was also moments where I screamed and shouted and, and the kids have been on the other side of that as well. You mm. know, like, and it's it's hard isn't it because you almost you probably watch me turn into someone that i possibly wasn't uh, at all really mm. or i turned into quite a, a or a very anxious person and mm. trying to deal with the sun as well like do you get frustrated with me sometimes dealing with that no, I'd, or? I'd, I'd get frustrated with, 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 with dealing with the sun yeah know? so like no, dealing with the whole like because i'm i mean when i was first diagnosed my god i was i was like a nervous wreck wasn't i yeah but i'd get more aggravated if you weren't if you carried on going out in the summer without doing it i'd, I'd be like you've got four kids what are you doing yeah yeah you look at it what that you fucking way? Doing? you've been yeah. diagnosed to us yeah. sort yourself out yeah I ginger so. as it is sort it out but that's um, my, my again it comes back to that difference in in approach but again i can approach things thinking best case scenario because I haven't been the one diagnosed. You're not, you're not in them shoes, yeah. They're the most frustrating moments is when you go, oh, well, you're not, we're not planning your funeral. Mm. You can recover from this. You have once. It's one of those things and, and it might never come back. Yeah. They're the frustrating things for me. And if I was to ask you quite, kind of really openly, have you got any fears about it returning because of what happened today? Not fears. I'm aware of the fact it can. Mm. I'm not going to be scared of it returning because I will go insane. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about it coming back. The what ifs, yeah. I'm not an idiot. I know it can. I've done my research. Yes, it can come back. They can also cut it out. They can also medicate it. Mm. And I'd say that for everyone as a partner or as another half or a family member, no matter how negative or how down someone gets about it, it's a natural process and they're well within their rights to feel that way. Yeah. Your job is to just try and deal with it the best you can. Yeah. It's as simple as that. But I'm and not going to be normal, isn't there. it, to feel that way? Like, yeah. I don't feel like... I don't think I've spoken to anyone who's been diagnosed um, at the early stages and don't have them fears of it returning because unfortunately we have experienced and lost many, many, many melanoma friends um, within our community that have had stage one um, uh, and sometimes even situ and that it has returned um, and unfortunately we have lost them. I mean, over the last month we've lost, I think, three or four, um, including another melanoma ambassador which really really shook me didn't it mm. I, and I got the news and I just because it, it's almost like you start to process oh fuck that could be that could be me but then I try not to go down that road don't I like when mm. I, I when you see me going down that road I feel that you pull me back and go no hang on a minute least. well the first time You're I good. led you to it the first time when you were going down that road my way was going well, I've got to let her just deal with this herself and, and figure out the best well, I had to do. some whereas, dark faults whereas you know, now yeah you're at a state again it's, it's, it's learning you know, but it's, I feel it's, like the counselling has helped me as well hasn't it massively yeah, yeah. I mean I'm, I'm I do my best but I, I'm, a lot of the time I don't know so I'm just you'll ask me a question I'll give you a, I mean the fun we do laugh now there's been loads of times where you've asked me questions or advice and stuff and I've given you my honest answer without really thinking it through mm. and there'll be a look on your face as if to say to me did you just 
did you just say that to me? And then I'll automatically go, knock, knock. <laughs> Please laugh, Lisa. Please laugh, Lisa. But, <laughs> they're, they're the but I also things. appreciate from your point of view how hard it must be to say the right thing. It's impossible. So do you get what I mean? Yeah. Because I could be in a mood one day where I want you to say a certain thing yeah. and you would say it, not being horrible, not, not trying to piss yeah. me off, but you might say something else and I'm like, Fucking hell, I really wanted you to say this today. I mean, it comes back to that. I should have said that before when that question asked about sort of advice or what would you do. I, I, it comes, I should have said it a minute ago, but just never lie. Yeah. It might be a really hard thing. And I've, I've, I've said a few things to you, like you just said, where you've asked me something and I've said something and you've gone, Jesus, or you've thought, yeah. Yeah. But I think in the long run, it's for the best. Yeah. Like, you've, there's been a few moments over the time when you looked at me and you've probably thought you're not fussed by them, but then you've looked at, you've asked me, you've gone, oh, what do you think of that mole? And yeah. I've gone, I don't like that. Yeah, you actually said that about my second one. Yeah. Um, you wasn't sure on the first one. You just I said, I'm going to leave you to yeah. it. I don't really know what I'm looking at, Lace, but yeah. I trust your instinct. Football was probably on or something, wasn't it? Yeah, Manu was probably playing. <laughs> um, but then you went into uh, the second one and you actually said to me, yeah. I can see the difference and I think you should get that checked yeah. ASAP. So it's funny because you le- you're learning as well as I'm learning along the way what yeah. to look for. And the pictures that we take, they obviously help us both out, as yeah. well as, as you know, as well I mean, as fucking catch the fucker. Listen, during this whole process, I've had four moles removed. Yeah, you three. have. Yeah, 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 have. Two on your, two, three on your face, haven't you? One on your leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've learned like a lot, a lot through it as mm-hmm. well. Um, so that's basically. I mean, I don't know really what else there is to touch on apart from, um, kind of, that's that wraps it up really, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and we move forward we try our best to kind of stay as positive as possible Mm. Um, again for us what works for us is is humour just yeah is is humour we just remember why you're together I feel like even if I mean I still remember when we was in hospital with dads and we still had that we're we're like that as a family aren't we we Mm. just we find the humour out of every situation I mean it did help me when your dad was in the hospice and stuff and he could barely function. He still had the decency to laugh at my jokes. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so that, that helped me. That he did, but he wouldn't have wanted it any other way because well. he always knew you like that and you yeah. had banter with him like that. Yeah. But that's how we deal with things as a family. And that's not saying it's the right way or the wrong way. That's how we deal with it. And I feel that that's moving forward. I think we will always deal with it. We get over the bumps. Yeah. We deal with the, the diagnosis. And then from then on, we just... We just make humour out of exactly, it, and, and that's, that's how just we our family. That's just us. I mean, like I say, for some people, it's not an option. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not the type to sit down and get really deep into something and how we feel and all the rest of it because. I mean, there's been a few occasions where few, that's happened, course, yeah, but, but it's not. It's not all the time, and we tend to just keep a positive yeah. mindset and just stay on top of it. And it can be quite draining. I mean, I've got mole mapping coming up in a couple of uh, weeks haven't I and you can tell when it comes round because I start to get a little bit aggravated I'm a bit more short tempered I've got I work more wouldn't I you work more a hell of a lot more (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've got 15 moles that are on higher watch haven't I so every time we go back last time we went back it was 9 then we've gone back and it's 15 so the numbers have gone up but in a way I'm quite glad about that you know because it's like well they're doing their job aren't they so but um, is that the rain? Can you hear the rain? Is that the rain? But anyway, so I think it is, yeah. Um, so that's that really. So we're yeah. just going to wrap it up there and I hope you've enjoyed um, this one. Obviously, Dean has Can been... Can I just say one more thing? As a part- so as a, as, as a partner, if you're a bloke and your your wife or your girlfriend or auntie or uncle or whoever has been diagnosed with it, learn to dodge 
objects being thrown every now and then. <laughs> it's never a negative, all right? Just learn to learn to move fast and quick. Keep low, stay low. And always go for the head. Um, oh, no. but that was no... actually a joke that your my dad played at our wedding, of me, wasn't yeah. it? About yeah. the Nokia. Mm. Um, how right he was. Yeah. But there's no, in all seriousness, there's no right or wrong to to dealing with whatever you're dealing with. Everyone's going through it on their own. We've got our way of dealing with it and coping with it. And everyone's different. Everyone will find out their own. Just learn from it and be honest. Yeah. Um, and that's all really I'd ever, I'd ever, I stick by what I say. I never say anything to make her feel better. If she asks me a question, she'll get the answer whether she wants it or not. And um, and that's how we, we move through it. And then obviously like we've established, there'll be a bad joke thrown in there somewhere. Yeah. Just yeah. to soften the blow. Yeah. But yeah so i think i think that's that's it really i think we've touched on whatever we can touch on for this for this kind of podcast this episode um so yeah i'm just going to leave it there and just say that i hope that most of you have kind of listened to this and maybe even got something out of it where you feel that you're not alone and that some of the feelings that you do feel are exactly what i'm going through now because i do feel that stage one and maybe lower or around about stage two you do get a little bit looked at a little bit blase which I, I've, I've said that from the beginning haven't I that's yeah. probably one of my biggest things I mm. feel that you don't get the kind of unless you're on chemo yes yeah that's and that's that's harsh to hear but I feel like it's it's true and I and I think that we need to be heard and we need to we need to voice our opinions and that we, we are living with this um, although we have been you know, got the all clear and we've had it cut out. We are living with it. We're living with the fear. Um, um, and as much as we live with it, doesn't mean we have to deal with it correctly each day, does it? No. We deal with it each day as it comes. Um, some days yeah. I'm brilliant. Other days I'm a fucking mess. A complete some days mess. are overcast. Some days are all clear. <laughs> where she stays in the house. <laughs> and that the uh, overcast days you run. Because yeah. <laughs> she's up out of bed. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to leave it there. So, um, I hope you enjoyed it and lots of love to you guys. Thank you so much to everyone who has messaged me, who has said they're going to listen. I mean, I didn't expect the response I had from the first one, so I really hope you've enjoyed this one. We've actually chatted for quite long. This is most we've spoke all day. Well, I think we need to weekly, just separate and go downstairs now. This is our weekly Yeah, thing, this is it. So, so, this is the time so when we talk. This means now I haven't got to see you now till Wednesday. Till right? Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday. Lovely. About 7 o'clock dinner? Yes, I'm yeah, right, yeah. Okay, lovely. Alright, we're going. Uh, lots of love to all of you. Um, and we will catch up soon. Next guest speaker is going to be next week, and I'm hopefully going to have um, uh, my counsellor on. I'm not sure it's going to be next week, but I'm hopefully going to get her on soon. And she's going to be talking about how we deal with these situations. Am I not on every week as a special guest? No, I'm sorry, Dean. Anyway, going now. Lots of love, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye, Dean. Say bye.